Hey y'all, we're Kristen and Emily, besties who love talking about female-driven cinema. Come along for the ride as we talk about landmark films with female writers, directors, actors, and producers. We aim to highlight women's stories and the characters they bring to life on the big screen. So buckle up and join us on this female-driven journey. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Christopher Ashley, mm-hmm. 
And the main star who plays Princess Diana is Gianna Duvall. Ro Hartram, Aaron Davey, Judy Kaye. Those are the top billings. And it did not do well. Like, it, it got, I mean, it was panned. Critical failure. I <laughs> I, oh, so, so, the main actress, Gianna Duvall, she's a really good performer. Good singer. I think, like, the mannerisms. All of the actors did a great job. You can tell they're professional. Broadway actors. I have nothing bad to say about the ensemble, about the cast. It's just the musical itself is pretty. It's it's pretty terrible. We both enjoyed the second act. Yeah, that was pretty wild because I think we watched most of the first act together. We did, and I can't. Yeah, we really wanted to dig in and make fun of things. I wanted it to be so bad that it's good, but it was just kind of bad. Yeah. Then we both watched the second act on our own, and I <laughs> I think we both texted almost at the same time. We are like, wow, the second act was a lot better. It was like, a lot to better. To be honest, it was a lot better. It was, well, second acts typically tend to be shorter in musicals, so that helps for sure, but I also enjoyed it more. I did take notes while we were watching it, and so they're pro- this is going to be scattered, but I hope we can still have a fun time. And the, the highlight of this yeah. podcast episode will come, uh, you'll know when it comes. It's going to be a good time. All right. So the first note I have, Kristen, is when did this become a feminist manifesto? An hour in. <laughs> and I don't, I, I don't know why, I don't know why I wrote that. It must have been a song. It must have been when she was like, I will not. <laughs> oh no! Did you see the uh, Aladdin, the live action Aladdin? Wait, are you talking about uh, Will Smith? Yeah. That one? Yeah. Oh, okay, I did see that. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about jazz. Yeah, when she's like, I will not be silent. I mean, it just, it, it, had, it must have been something along that same vibe, where I was like, when did this become a feminist manifesto? And I put, an hour in. Oh, yeah. One thing we both uh, agreed on was that the music is so unremarkable in this. I can't remember anything. Anything. Maybe the one thing I can remember is when the ensemble is like, snap. What, <laughs> what are they saying again? When they're, when they're, paparazzi and they're like snap I wanted to say like snap crackle pop but they're like snap pop something like that when they're all hounding her for pictures snap pick snap pick give a smile the prince will enjoy you at least for a while snap click snap click lady die down I see why you caught Charlie's eye that's like me and that's the only thing I kind of remember but other than that, the music is so, yeah, the music was so unremarkable. Like, yeah. Flat. Yeah. Uh, yeah, not even high points and low points. It's just all steady. I, nothing. I can, I cannot remember. And, you know, Andrew Light Weber has his haters, and they say all the music sounds the same, which it kind of does, but yeah. he writes the most memorable melodies. And, you know, the same thing was said about Puccini. It was always music is so cheap and trashy, but I, you will definitely be humming, what's one? What's it? Even, okay, Phantom. You'll definitely be humming, you know, the Phantom of the Opera or Think of Me or That's All I Ask of You. Yeah, yeah, they're so, yeah, everything is so catchy. With it. And Evita, like the musical Evita, everything, everyone knows Don't Cry For Me or Tatina. He has his detractors and a lot of the criticism that's levied against him is fair, but you can, you could never, what, what, what? Phantom 2. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Love never dies. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Wait, wait. Did you? Okay, listeners. Did you know there's a Phantom of the Opera two out and there? And it's a hot mess. It was this sanctioned. Hot. Dis- it was official. 
He wanted, it was a hot disaster fest. Maybe we'll do it. Uh, you could. That, yeah, that one was satisfying. Wait, go. can you, could we argue that, that, that that's a female-driven story? Oh, dang it. I don't know. We could stretch. We could reach for it. <laughs> we could reach for it. It will just encourage the listeners. Oh, God. Look up love. Maybe look up that Lindsay Ellis. Yeah. Story, right? Yeah. Lin- yeah. It's called Love Never Dies, and it is truly delicious garbage. Yeah. It's so bad. That's what I wanted this to be. I wanted this to be so bad it's good, and it was just bad. Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Yeah, okay, that's a little side nugget. Uh, yeah. Highly recommend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Wait. So. I'm being pretty lazy with this with this recording of this, but you know what? So was the musical. <laughs> um, but I think it was written by a couple of, like, 80s rockers. And they, but they had written another show that had, that had been successful on Broadway. I think it was called, like, um, I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change, I think. So they had had success before, but I don't know why these two, I'm assuming American men, like, that came from a hair band were like, you know what we should do, Diana the Musical. Like, like maybe they were trying to do, like, maybe they were aiming for the next Evita, which is a great musical. I think Evita's Angela Weber's best musical. I, I really, really love Evita. So maybe, and maybe they thought it was kind of like a, a hot, you know, a hot topic with The Crown and there's that movie that came out with Kristen Stewart. Oh, we should also note that we watched this before Queen Elizabeth II passed away. We did. Right. So we watched this, I want to say, a month ago. So I think that's going to recontextualize some of our commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. There's been a huge public perspective. Mm -hmm. On the royal family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's in this. She is. (laughs) She is. And I mean, I'm sure the royal family is no stranger to, like you were saying, the crown and things. Like, there's mm-hmm. um, all kinds of yeah. media uh, imagining what their lives are like. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. One criticism that I think you made, Emily, was just that the scope should have been narrower. You wanted more about her, and it seemed like to be about her love. I know, it was so bad. Yeah. It, it sounds like the same stuff I said about Frida, but really, there were way too many musical numbers with Charles and Camilla, and I was like, I could not care less about these. These, these two suck. I how many times I wrote like so many times in my notes. I just said fuck you, Charles. Like e- like every time. He's such a jerk. Every time he was on stage, and I'm like, why are these two featured? Why are we? It seems like we're being asked to sympathize with them, and it's, they're not sympathetic. Like if he, <laughs> I think that was part of the confusion. It's like what what's the point of this here? Are we supposed to understand the struggle that Diana was going through? And if so, then why are we framing these other characters that could say are her antagonists as these sympathetic characters? And I'm like, this isn't Game of Thrones. Like, we don't have time to, like, flesh out the antagonist. You know, if this is just a musical, so you're already reducing someone's life to a two-hour stage musical, you should focus on your protagonist, especially if you're going to call the musical Diana. I was like, way, uh, there was way too much focus on Camilla and Charles. Do you think that's why we enjoyed Act Two more? Because do you think it was more? Um, do you think Diana was more centered in Act Two? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great point. Uh, there was a lot of traction, mm-hmm. you know, going like she had a lot more confidence. Yeah, I mean, we just could really dig into her work and her legacy. Yeah, because they did kind of cover 
her from like AJC to her death, really. They she covered a lot, which again, Avita does so successfully. So you know, if you're gonna come away from this podcast with anything, it's uh, watch Avita. The soundtrack is bomb. Yeah. It, it it it's great. <laughs> See, this is that's how you do a, a, like that's how you do a biographical musical about a legendary political figure. I guess could we call I mean they're not supposed to be regarded as political figures with political power, but she did have political power just through all the Yeah. Well she had she had influence I'd say for sure and she she definitely made statements about what she believed because the royal family is supposed to be completely neutral and not have any express any personal opinions, but she definitely and it's covered in the musical. She championed um who were diagnosed with HIV at a time when that was very stigmatized. Like, there were doctors who would, would not even want to touch people who had HIV AIDS. So, through, just through her philanthropic work, she made a stand. Yeah. So, I think you could argue she is kind of an Ava Crone figure. I know I, I know Ava Crone was not, like, a great person. But, <laughs> but just in terms of, you know, the impact that their death had, I mean, people went insane when Diana died, and it was the same thing when Ava Perone died. The entire nation was in mourning. I, what, what year did she die in? Diana? Yeah. Was it 96? I know. Uh, 97. August 31st, 1997. Oh. Yes, she was 36. She had, I, she had just turned 36 when she died. So young. Well, yeah, I'm 34. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about that. It's sobering, isn't it? Yeah, it is. So I was just a kid when she died. Mm-hmm. I we were living in France. My dad worked for an automotive company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We were there on for a brief foreign assignment. Um, and I just remember everyone there being shook. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we get junk mail and stuff. All the catalogs were all selling Diana Memorial stuff. And there was this gorgeous figurine of Diana. And I, mm-hmm. I tacked it up on my wall. Oh. I was like, dang, she was beautiful. She was. Like, I, yeah, I even I watched the funeral on TV. I didn't fully understand, but I knew it was just like big, momentous. Yeah, big. yeah. Do you have any memories of that? Funeral? I I do. Yeah. So I would have been if this was August of '97. I would have been seven years old. But I remember like my mom taking us inside, and this was 1997. So we had this tiny box set, you know, like a little 12 inch screen, and yeah. and just watching with her of. of Diana, she's dead, and I don't know who said this, Kristen, but there's there's this quote that comes to mind about um, legends, and it's that you, you define a legend in this way, you know something or someone is legendary if you don't even remember how you learned about it, you just have always known, and I, that was Diana, because I mean, I, you and I are just maybe, we would have been one, seven, eight year old American girls, and yet we knew who Diana was, and we knew and understood what a huge impact her death had. We understood that, and we understood why people were so devastated. So she really was this legendary figure. Yeah, I don't felt like I remember how I first heard about her. I just always knew who she was. That's an excellent. Yeah, and, and when you think about that kind of fervor for a legend, for a person, mm-hmm. I think it is hard. It's a it's a tough feat to make a musical out of it. Like, like I know. you really have to toe the line of like respect. Ooh, yeah, also, and it was like, recent. Like biography. Yeah. It, it was recent too, and I heard I like her children are still living, right? So it's yeah. like, oh. <laughs> it's not like you could fill in the gap. Uh-huh. It was Queen Victoria. Yeah, if we're doing a musical, like Elizabeth is the first, right? You know these people that have been yeah. dead for 
you guys get right. Uh, right. And it's about issues that are still affecting us, like racism. Yeah. So there. Yeah, it is. And obviously, you know, Camilla Charles, right, the the villains of this piece, he is now the king, and and Camilla is queen, queen consort. She won the Game of Thrones. She did. It's upsetting. Like, maybe she actually doesn't suck, but, like, just for the way this musical, I'm just like, wow, they suck so bad. And, like, I'm just, why? I'm baffled. I'm like, why were they featured so prominently? showed how Diana challenged the status quo. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, you know, we mentioned that a little mm-hmm. bit earlier, but, you know, like, Prince Charles was all like, well, <laughs> married for love. <laughs> like, it was just like, everyone's always had a, a, a lover, like, on the oh, side. Oh, yeah. talking about. Yeah. So there's all this stuff where no one felt like they should clue in Diana and let her know, like, this is just an alliance. This is a formality, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the king having a mistress, that's like de rigueur. That's just expected. Or, the, well, at the time, it would have been the Prince of Wales. Yeah. Which is... She's idealistic. And yeah, she was like, what? I think she was like 19 when they got married, and he was like 35. I want to say. And it's gross how much... I, I cannot believe it, Kristen. Like, this was in the 80s, so... Even at that time, there was so much anxiety over whether or not she was a virgin. I know, it's so gross. And even then, too, at the time, so when she, um, this, this law only changed recently with, with Prince William, but before this law changed, you know, they, they changed the law, it was law that the eldest born son inherit the crown. So it was primogeniture, meaning Elizabeth II became queen because there were only female heirs left. Like it was it was down to Elizabeth and her sister Margaret. So the, so that's why, you know, if you look throughout British history, we've only had how many reigning queens? It was like Mary Tudor, Elizabeth I, Queen Anne, Queen Victoria, Elizabeth II, what, five? I mean, over, you know, how many centuries? And it's because they preferred heirs male. So it, it, the crown would always pass to the eldest son. So this artist is based in sexism, right? But now that, that law actually just changed. So with William and Kate, so William is in line for the throne. He will inherit the throne after Charles dies. But uh, the first child he and Catherine had was male, right? But if it had been Charlotte, who was the second born, she would have inherited. She would have been queen. But before, you know, before it would have always been, you know, heirs male. So that, but yeah, yeah, it's it's baked in misogyny for sure. So just think about, you know, what kind of the the world, you know, that they're obsessed with whether or not this 18, 19 year old girl is a virgin or not. Whereas no one could care less about, you know, 35 year old Charles. Sexual, sexual past and the same thing. They preferred heirs male. And it was odd in the musical how much he kept saying, well, I want a daughter. And I was like, wait, I was like, oh, okay. Like, if you watch Game of Thrones or, <laughs> I know it's not real, but everyone's anxious for that male heir. And that's one reason Henry VIII 
went through so many wives as he wanted that male heir. And then Elizabeth ended up inheriting anyway, which is kind of hilarious. So, <laughs> and then, like, reigned over a golden age, so it's just kind of a fuck you to, right. to that. <laughs> she girl bossed her way to 1603. <laughs> 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 and, and she reigned over, you know, the golden age, um, the Elizabethan age. Have you seen right. Oh, gosh. It's, uh, it's a clip. It might be from BBC comedy where mm-hmm. a guy dressed up as Henry VIII sings to help you remember. Yeah, divorce, beheaded, and die. Divorce, yeah. beheaded, survive. Divorce, yeah. beheaded, Divorce, beheaded, and died. Divorce, beheaded, survived. I'm Henry VIII. I had six sorry wives. Some might say I ruined their lives. Yeah, and there was and the reason behind that was his. Well, one reason was his anxiety to produce a male heir, and then two of his daughters ended up inheriting. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I love oh that. yeah, and and Anne Boleyn's revenge because she was uh, Elizabeth was Anne's daughter. So, yeah, there's some karmic justice there, right? And she definitely proved that a woman could rule. Wow, this is this is sick. <laughs> this is turning Ooh. into... An, oh, we ha- we'll, we'll have to do Kate Blanchett's Elizabeth. <gasps> I haven't seen oh, it. I've always wanted to. Yes, we'll have to do that. I, mean, I don't want to look at I love Kate. We love Kate. Or I love the coffee. We love Kate. <laughs> we stand Kate. Well, the, sec- the yeah. second one that... It was not a very good movie, but a lot of people loved the part in that movie where she yells, I too can command the wind, sir. It's so good. You will leave my presence, sir. Go back to your rat hole. Tell Philip, I fear neither him, nor his priest, nor his armies. Tell him if he wants to shake his little fist at us, we're ready to give him such a bite he'll wish he'd kept his hand in his pockets. You see a leaf fall. And you think you know which way the wind blows? Well, there is a wind coming, madam, that will sweep away your pride. I too can command the wind, sir! I have a hurricane in me that will strip Spain bare if you dare to try me! Wow. 
like they put in like Diana's greatest hits, or like at least Gossip Mongers. According to like Gossip Mongers, what was Diana's greatest hit? So it was like when she punched the glass. That's something that happened. That oh. Oh my god, she, she was so upset that she punched through this mirror or this window or something. And the fact that she had bulimia, like they brought that up, bulimia anorexia. And there was that, she did this interview, I'll have to find it and put a clip in where, it was. It must have been after they got divorced, but where the interviewer asked Diana, like, okay, well... Do you think Mrs. Parker Bowles was a factor in the breakdown of your marriage? Well, there were three of us in this marriage, so it was a bit crowded. <laughs> She famously said, there were three people in this marriage. That's, some, that's a very memorable quote, right? Yeah. That, that she said about, you know, uh, Camilla and Charles. I remember asking Kristen, like, did they ever love each other? Like, ever? What do you, like, can we ever know? I just... Like, she loved, or she thought she loved him, but I don't know. I think he was always in love with Camilla, I yeah. think. Like, that's who he would have preferred to marry, but she was, I think, married at the time, right, Camilla? And she probably would have been, like, too old, or, you know, she wasn't a virgin, or whatever, so they had to, it's just, messed up. Yeah, there's such tight control over Mm -hmm. that family's behavior. Mm -hmm. It's kind of stressful, and someone with anxiety, Mm -hmm. anxiety, like, when I worry about, I worry about people's well-being, so I will admit, like, when Charles finally I was like really happy. <laughs> like, oh wow! Well, you got a happy I ending. Did. Diana didn't. <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, but yeah. at least for them, I was glad. I was like, okay, that's not a convention, mm-hmm. and followed your heart. Like that was inspiring. <laughs> I might not be super fancy, y'all, but yeah, I'm glad they're happy together. Finally. <laughs> yeah, that's after how many decades of like carrying on this affair? So many, hurt. so yeah. many. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wrote here. I was like, maybe the only reason Camilla, <laughs> I put, maybe the only reason Camilla and Charles are featured so much is to give the Diana actress a break. <laughs> like, like, oh. like it could have been purely functional. Like she needed a costume yeah. change and a drink of water. She couldn't be up up there singing for like two hours straight. So that might have been a functional reason that they. That she isn't in it, you know, as much as I think she should have been in it, and why why they kept giving all of this time to Camilla and Charles, and I was like, I do not care about them. <laughs> I wouldn't have minded if they did different acting. Oh, for Diana? Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have minded. We're gonna if we're gonna do a House yeah. House of the Dragon where it's like we recast. After you know, we have, yeah. we have young Rhaenyra, we have older Rhaenyra. Like, <laughs> Maybe they're like, no, we need to be budget friendly. We have one actress. We're dead. Yeah. We're not paying like multiple actresses. <laughs> yeah, the 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 real world logistics I get. Like I can have yeah. a but it yeah, it's hard to make happen with the real yeah real world constraints. Because um, they had some. I think we. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say um, they had members of the ensemble playing multiple roles. Like the woman who played yeah. the queen was playing. Who was the, we loved her. Romance author. We loved her. Bar, was it Barbara Cartland? Something like that? I think so. Yeah, so she played two, and then I, I definitely saw people from the ensemble popping up. Like the guy who played James, her love interest, he was, I saw him in the ensemble. And someone else, oh yeah, yeah, so they had, you know, people in the ensemble playing multiple roles, which often they do. I think the ensemble is like, they're like the unsung heroes of Broadway. <laughs> like, 
best part of this show. I was like, they are, I was like, they are killing this. The choreo, and it was so high energy. I was like, good. I was like, this ensemble. Was, they had to play yeah. paparazzi. They had to play guests. Yeah, they were good. Crowd. Yeah. Wait, did you say cloud? Crowd. <laughs> they play. They play cloud. I was like, what? <laughs> I would pay to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, seriously. <laughs> oh my god, I'm dead. Um, I think we both mentioned in that scene where Diana visits the hospital. Yeah. They requested that she not touch any of the patients. You know, and she mm-hmm. connected with the patients on a real level. I think that was probably the best part of the whole musical. Yeah. It actually focused on her work and her legacy, and it showed her doing something uh-huh. that was uh, meaningful to her. Yeah. And to the people. Yeah. Like, both. Both sides. Uh-huh. And it was really well done. Like, good writing, too. Yeah. Yeah. I... I do appreciate that they included that. I was feeling a little nervous when that scene came up. I was like, oh, no, please don't. And, like, I think I remember some of the lyrics being pretty cringe. Um, oh, really? Yeah, but I, but I think it was important, and I think I'm glad they included that. I'm glad they included that part of her legacy because, yeah, like um, like I said earlier, I mean, at that time, doctors were afraid to even go near men that had HIV. People were terrified of them, and she really stepped up. Yeah. She did. And that's something really admirable about her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, she was yeah. She was called the People's Princess for a reason. Yeah, that, and they made it the impression in the musical that Diana had this ability to connect honestly with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that Charles, <laughs> etc., could not do. Yep, and, like they really resented that. Yeah. Well, remember, I don't know if it's true or not. <laughs> well, remember when, and I'm guessing this happened in real life, but in the musical, when they're like, Charles or Camilla's like, well, you need to now t- tell your side of the story, and you need to go on primetime TV and be interviewed about us. And it was like he was trying to do what Diana did, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so stiff. <laughs> yeah, it's like... Oh, I wrote, da- I, I wrote down... The I want to be your tampon line did not make it into this musical. What? Yeah, Charles, at some point, you know, in his years-long affair with Camilla, was on the phone with her, and someone recorded him saying to her, like, that he said he wanted to be her tampon. <laughs> that, that did not make it into this musical. <laughs>
only one part she's on it, but they, they just, they cover movies where it's like, how did this get made? <laughs> but they talked about the, there was a Lifetime movie about Meghan and Harry that... <laughs> sad irony of the last four years as I've advocated for so long for women to use their voice and then I was silent um, were you silent or were you silenced I was silent and then Oprah goes were you silent or were you silenced <laughs> but the way they I mean the edit was really oh, okay. it was, if you find it it was, it was funny how they edited it I think she must have come from 
obviously a working background if you came from a family with money, but like not inherited wealth. It was then being a British woman probably would have understood more of this is what's expected of you, and just understanding class and um, it was an easier transition for her, I think. I just yeah. I just know my sister loves her so much, so maybe that's biasing uh, me yeah, yeah. in her favor because she <laughs> loves Kate so much. I don't like when, in the press, it does this all the time with actresses, women in the public eye, they'll pit women against each other. I don't like when people are like, Kate versus Megan. I'm like, no, that's misogynistic. We don't need to do that. We don't know what their relationship was. Maybe they got along. Maybe they didn't. But we don't need to be, like, stoking the flames of competition between these two women that both have inner lives and feelings and experiences. And, like, I just don't like when... I don't like, I don't, yeah, so, like, with the whole, like, oh, team Kate versus team Megan, I'm like, no, 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 can we just be, like, team woman? <laughs> I don't know. Like, y'all don't have to get along, you don't. <laughs> yeah. But, you know what, I might be more on board for team Diana versus team Camilla. <laughs> ah! Yeah, yeah, true, true, we were kind of ragging on mm, Well, come on but, now. you know, it's a story stamped with history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it's just mm-hmm. easier to judge than Oh, for sure, for sure. And what's ongoing, for sure. Oh, oh my god. So what, let's see. What else do I have here? Yeah, I put, we watched half of it and cut bored. <laughs> and then decided to watch the rest on our own. I put, we wanted it to be more of a disaster. Uh, what else did I put here? Let's see. I put, I put, are any of these actors English? <laughs> I don't think they are. I think some of those accents were so rough. I was like, this is not good. And we both thought that the actor playing Prince Charles looks like Andrew Lincoln. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's pretty handsome. I was like, this guy's way better than Prince Charles. Like, way better looking than he ever. just rename this episode of Prince Charles Rose. <laughs> I mean... It's so easy. Well, hey, true. But he was so much better looking, but I still hated him. Like, every time he came on stage, I was like, oh, he sucked so bad. But he did look, he did look like Andrew Lincoln, and I'm like, dang, I don't, I don't want to ruin Andrew Lincoln for Christian, because I think you have a little crush on him. I have a crush on Andrew. Oh my gosh, he is in the best Wuthering Heights version. Oh, the one with um, Tom Hardy? 2009. Watch it. My sister, I might remember my sister taping that. But Tom Hardy is also problematic for you, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He yeah. has some masculinity issues. Mm-hmm. With, like, method acting and, like, being a dick to Charlize yeah. Theron when they shot. Oh. Yeah. Just, ugh. Um, Just, like, strolling on a set, like, four hours. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, it, I think her name was Broey Deschanel on YouTube, but she did this video about method acting and kind of how it's this excuse that men <laughs> deploy to just act unprofessionally and be jerks. Terrible people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that really, I feel like that, re- that really got started with Arnold. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Brando. That just makes me think of, speaking of method actors, Dustin Hoffman, which I know some allegations have been oh, he, levied he, against him, but he's method? I remember, yeah, he's method for just like, yeah, um, but I remember I think Meryl Streep saying that when they filmed Kramer vs. Kramer, he slapped her, and I was like, that is not okay. Like that, I, no, <laughs> no, yeah, unacceptable. 
understand. I mean, that's probably why Method is so controversial. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really raw and kind of breaks all the social conventions. But it just, it, you're right. It seems like it's men yeah. doing this. <laughs> I think that's who we associate with Method. Like, male act. Like, you know, um, Al Pacino and you know, Dustin Hoffman, Marlon Brando, Christian Bale. There's another one. And obviously, oh, you know, yeah. Tom Hardy. Yeah, I think that's what we think of when we think of Method, right? It, which is, I, we are. Can, can you imagine if they method acted in like a Jane Austen? Oh, <laughs> he became many wears. You know what? So many women would be fine with Mister, or sorry, with Colin Firth living as Mister Darcy. So yeah, exactly. they'd, they'd be support. They would support. Oh, Daniel Day Lewis. That's another big one. Method. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What a what a what a trip, huh? Okay, okay, okay. She seems like someone I want to learn more about. 
R apostrophe. It's the most Filipino thing you can imagine. Arbany, um, Gabriel, Miss Texas. She is, uh, yeah, she won Miss USA. Our Arbany wow. Gabriel, and she's from Texas. And so her dad, just like my dad, is Filipino, and her mom was a white American, so same as me. So I was like, oh my god, like. Bonnie is so Filipino. <laughs> yeah, oh, it. oh, I was like, I'm dead. I'm like, oh, good for you. So, yeah, just that side tangent on, you know, I like it. Yeah. On crowns, on, on crowns, and like, and, and another mixed race queen. I was like, oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> oh yeah, okay, Strilla and Manella. Yeah, that scene. It was very entertaining. It was so stupid and campy, but like, I was having fun though. See, I wanted it to all be dumb camp and just, like, just be fun. Because I, <laughs> I put, what did I put? I put LOL surprise bitch. And just, like, <laughs> just, just, like, the, like, the thing that came to mind was Emma Roberts saying, surprise bitch. Surprise bitch. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. Scream queen. Yeah. So, I was either scream yeah. queens or, like, one of the American horror stories. But I'll put it in because I love that. It's just, such, just, just Emma Roberts saying, surprise bitch. And then I put them fighting over Charles Gross, but it's not even really about Charles. Diana doesn't love him. She wants to maintain her dignity and position. She doesn't want to put her voice through divorce. And then I just was like, just thought of from RuPaul's Drag Race of Angeria versus Deja Sky saying like, So guys, who do we think we're going to be in the bottom tonight? I do not want anyone to go home. I just love y'all so I'm much. Sorry, and I'm sorry, I'm really sorry. You're trying to do all of this? I need you to be your fucking self. Let me tell you something, you ugly bitch. Help me up. <laughs> I will whoop your ass. You don't know me. Oh. I am from Bethlehem. Hey, don't stop on you, my Godzilla. This is not RuPaul's hospitality race. Look at I'm a good brawn. Girl, get off of me. I died laughing. I was just like, oh, this is so campy. I just, it's like, it's drag queens fighting. Yes. Again, but Charles is such a dick. Is he really this terrible? I put this accent work isn't the greatest, especially James. I don't like her groveling to James. You remember when he breaks up with her? Or, or she's like, stay here with me. And he's like, no, my duty is to the crowd or whatever. He was sent away on military assignment, I think. And she's like, yeah, no, can't you yeah. see? This is Charles' doing. And he's like, no, I will not you know, stay here. And then breaks up with her. But then she like begs. And I just did not care for that. Oh, here it is. The ensemble kills it. Snap, click. So that's, they were saying snap, click. I was saying snap, pop. I was saying snap, pop. <laughs> I'm not, Kristen, by the way, I'm having way more fun recording this than I did watching this piece of clip. Same. Same. I, uh, oh. after I watched the second half, I did go back and watch the first half again. I see more, it, it like, the dialogue and like the I, everything just seemed more intentional like yeah everything. yeah like the words that they were singing mm -hmm. it seemed more intentional like it just wasn't seamless like it wasn't drawn together very well oh and it was so frustrating yeah yeah like there are little bits and then it's like you i just needed it to be packaged in the middle yep i think so because i mean we both did we had way more fun oh, oh go ahead go ahead Oh, no, no. A, a pretty, pretty girl. In a pretty, pretty, pretty dress. dress. 
about just me. Older than him, which is 41. 
negative 41, uh, 38, and then what are uh, Kate and William? So what you, you said William 40. Two women starts a cute 
LGBT couple. Wait, what? Wait, what? What did you say? This is the story. It says, "What if two women starts a cute and then MDLG?" MDLG. Listeners, help! Help us! I don't. Uh, I don't know what this is. Not familiar with that. Uh, it says, "This is the story about Kate Middleton and Meghan Markle becoming mommy and little babies." I guess that's a <laughs> thing in erotic fiction. Kate Middleton is the mother and overprotective mommy to Meghan Markle. So this is like a mommy kink thing. Yeah. Okay. Two hundred twenty-seven words. Sure. How many hits did it get? 970. Wow. Yeah. I'm definitely down for lesbian fanfiction about Megan and Kate. That, see, that's the real tea. That's why they, that's why everyone's saying they don't like each other, because they're actually badly in love with each other. Oh, you're so Yeah. I'm down. I'm totally down for that. So, but I'm skipping the next few, because they seem kind of boring. Here's one that appears to be fanfiction that is uh, a lesbian love story between Emma Watson and Kate Middleton. Wow, creative. Yep. I was listening to one of my favorite podcasts called This Had Oscar Buzz, and, and they talked about Sophia Coppola's one where they were stealing. Yeah, so they were talking about Bling Ring, and they just kept talking about how Emma Watson can't act. And I'm just like, oh, I do think she's a pretty bad actress. AO3 is a very queer space, I will say. I like that. I, I'm into it. Because it's, it's, people are writing what they don't see. And so you don't see the yeah. queer story. So they're, this, these are people that are writing what they want to see. And so a lot of it's going to be queer. This one's uh, <laughs> Meghan Markle, Serena Williams. What? A lot of these are Meghan and Kate. This one's called Buggle, This one's called Bubbled Feelings. And it, <laughs> the writer says, I don't know why the hell I wrote this, but it's been chilling in my drafts. When I was on high months of caffeine and no sleep. Enjoy this short-ass Meghan Markle and Kate Middleton fic written at 2 a.m. in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has, like yeah, it's about 1,500 hits, 38 kudos. So, hey, okay. alright. Any other, any other ones that are sparking your interest? Now we know that there are fan fics about Kate and Meghan. I am here for it. I'm excited about that, yeah. I am so here for it. So I just typed MDLG into Google, and it, do you want me to define it for you? Oh gosh, okay. Okay, now we know, because neither of us knew. So MDLG stands for Mommy Dom Little Curl. It's a dynamic in BDSM. You know how people, well, you know how people say daddy. I hate, I hate when people say daddy, but yeah, this one stands for Mommy Dom. Little girl. The other is a child, like, aka, called little persona. It is not an actual relationship between a minor and their parents. Okay, they they had to clarify. They had to clarify, and this was according to Wattpad. And according to Urban Dictionary, it is a relationship between a dominant and a submissive. The dominant being the mommy, the submissive being the little girl. These terms are also found in relationships like DDLG. It's a relationship between two women. The little girl can also participate in age play, meaning acting an age younger or older than she's really fit, really is to fit a role, pleasing the caretaker or mommy, quote-unquote. These relationships can be sexual or not. These relationships are not actually between a mother and daughter. I love this. I love that they had they had to confirm at the end. <laughs> so this is a kink relationship. It's a, it's, it's, an, it's part of the BDS. So we now, we now know that there are um, BDSM fanfiction. I guess, yeah, <laughs> I mean, the context was there, but... Uh, 
I didn't know. I was so I was so confused. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? We've learned something today, Chris. Okay. Um, listeners, if you're still here with us, <laughs> if you have thoughts on Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle fan fiction, please let us know. Right. If you've written <laughs> please let us know. <laughs> I, I have questions. Um, I'm very, I'm deeply fascinated. And if I, if I had to ship any pairing, in, you know, among the royal family, uh, or <laughs> it would be Meghan and Kate. <laughs> I never even considered it before. Should we talk about what we have coming up in our podcast? Yes. So we have released our portrait Clark one episode, which we love very much, and we are happy to see that we got a lot of hits after that. I'm very happy about that. Thank um, you guys so much. Yeah, thanks. It, yeah, yeah. We will be releasing part two. I hope this week. I would like to do that. After that, we'll probably have released this one. So it'll it'll probably be like portrait part two, Diana musical, and then where <laughs> <laughs> what a follow up, and then um. Following that up, we're going to do a Halloween episode on us, and with perhaps a little addendum on a movie called Gothica with um, with Halle Berry and Penelope Cruz. Or wait, I thought I thought we were just doing a quick Gothica, and then we were doing oh. us as like a full episode. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Sorry. So we'll, we'll we'll have I don't know we'll have us, and then hopefully a little mini episode on a movie called Gothica that Kristen is very eager to do. With uh, Halle Berry and Penelope Cruz. And then um, our part three of Portrait, we will be releasing in November. We have some special guests that we won't reveal now. But it's going to be a lot. Yeah, it's going to be a lot about the culture around the movie and the fandom. And also, we'll be talking about um, Celine Sciamma's Water Lilies as well. And I'm hoping to do, in November, hoping to do maybe, we were thinking about doing Joy Luck Club, perhaps, or I have a, a very um, lovely friend who uh, we've asked to, to discuss the documentary Eagle Huntress with us. It's my friend, Bolor, and she's from Mongolia, and she was going to talk about the, the wonderful documentary Eagle Huntress about Eagle Huntress. So, all, all great things coming up. And, yeah, lots of yeah. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more collabs in the future and some more fun. I'm hoping to do some fun, like horror or comedy, just, just uh, stuff we can have more fun with. You know, um, life is hard. I, I want this to be a play. I, I do like to do more serious things, like our portrait and, and stuff, but I also want this to be a fun space where we can just laugh and talk about you know, camp and cult films and, and things like that. So uh, it'll be it'll be fun just to see how this evolves. Kristen, will you please give our information? Yeah, we'd love for you to give us a follow on Facebook or Instagram. We are Female Driven Podcast on there. And you can also email us, femaledrivenpodcast at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. We'd love to read any reviews or ratings you give us. Please give us a five-star rating. <laughs> if you if you seriously hate us, first of all, why are you listening? But second of all, just don't. But if you love this, please give us a five-star rating. It'll help us out. Help other people. Help other people find the podcast. Of course, we just love to know. Yeah, we love to know that. Yeah, we love to know that people are listening and enjoying. Makes us happy. You know, we're doing this just for fun. We're not getting any money out of this. Yeah. It's just something we do because we enjoy it so much. So, um, we appreciate you listening. Yeah, drop us a line. Follow us on Instagram. Leave us a, a review, if you will, on um, 
You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And I don't know. I guess that's it. <laughs> Please let us let know us how you feel about it. <laughs> if, 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 and then don't blame us if you have a pretty, pretty girl in oh. a pretty, pretty dress stuck in your oh. head for all eternity. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. <laughs> if anything, it'll be snapped quick, but even then, like, I, I struggle to remember anything from this musical. <laughs> Oh, God. The thing I remember most is our conversation about real person fanfiction, so. <laughs> alright, alright. We all learned, I think, I hope we all learned something today. That's right. Or at least had a good time. Thanks for being with us, everybody. Thank you! We'll see you soon. Bye! Who's this? How about a quick snap to love? That's me, why? You're the new friend of the prince, ain't ya? Come on, love. One shot. Snap, click, snap, click, give a smile. The prince will enjoy you at least for a while. Snap, click, snap, click, lady, die. Down, I see why you caught your